I'm Jeremy Greer. I'm Chris Mosier. And this is Non-Human Biologics, the creepy but necessary podcast that steals your spouse and returns them with almost all of their memories intact. We're back covering the X-Files. Chris, how are you today? I'm doing all right. I'm feeling I'm feeling spooky already, my friend. So I think I'm in a good headspace. How are you? I'm doing good. Uh, it's... I do want to thank all of our patrons for hanging on with us. Um, presumably, <laughs> we haven't we haven't talked to our patrons in a little while because we're recording these so early. But uh, thank you to all the patrons over at Patreon.com/slash Monster of the Week for continuing to support us and uh, get some cool exclusive content like episodes of this podcast early or uh, access to our Discord server and all that stuff. I one thing I want to comment on just right up front, Chris, is I was expecting going in to enjoy the X-Files. Uh, I was expecting going in to see some spooky stuff. Obviously, the, the dynamic is that uh, Mulder will believe anything and Scully will believe nothing. I wasn't expecting them just to be like, there's aliens. <laughs> there's yeah. absolutely aliens in mm-hmm. episode two. Mm-hmm. Like, we're just like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Everything I that- think they really, really front load these first couple episodes. They're incredibly dense. There's just so much going on, and it feels like every episode was written like a 45-minute movie that had... I mean, I called the last episode, like, oh, this is a great plot for a novel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in that, it's just... It's very, very dense. And it... Of course, it gets to that Monster of the Week format, which feels a little bit lighter, feels a little bit more episodic. But right out of the gate, we're coming in with some heavy hitters. Uh, there's aliens. There's brother. aliens. There's UFOs. Yeah. They, you know, the truth is out there. I love that... you'll see a running theme with this show is that um, yes, aliens are real or yes, we're being visited by such and such. There's UFOs Um, and Mulder, he's he's on board with all that but his hypothesis is almost always wrong yes like it doesn't matter it's not that like oh scully's rational and and she's telling him that that all of his theories are wrong and she's actually right no they're both actually still wrong <laughs> because yep. she's disproving his nonsense but his nonsense is also still just wrong because it wasn't that extremely extremely funny it's always always good uh before we get too far we're gonna talk about uh season one episode two deep throat today uh Mm -hmm. this was written by chris carter directed by daniel sackheim when Mulder and scully investigate a possible conspiracy in the u.s air force Mulder meets a mysterious informant who warns him to stay away from the case but undeterred Mulder comes to closer to the truth than ever before only to have it snatched away from him um i forgot to look up when this episode was released so it would have been in 1993 uh in the fall of 1993 i believe um august 16th 1992 oh okay okay wow all right um damn 1992 yeah oh no i'm sorry i'm sorry this episode the what the fuck why did it had the wikipedia has dates oh this is that's the dates that it takes the place over this original air date was september 17th 1993 so sorry okay that makes sense all right um yeah this episode takes its name from the watergate informant um I don't think that they ever refer to the character in the X-Files by that name. They don't, no. Or at least not in this episode, yeah. I think that they do in the future, but the fact that this episode's just called Deep Throat, and now we're, you know, 20 years removed, 30 years removed from... Actually, the show just had its 30-year anniversary. Uh, We're 30 years removed from this, and then even further from the Watergate scandal, so it's just like... Why'd you name the episode why'd that? You, why, well, that's why. why. <laughs> I didn't this see... character is based on this real-life figure who was called that. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's very funny to me. And I feel like we're going to get a lot of dated references as, as the series goes on. And honestly, I'm very excited about it. Much like I talked about in the last episode when they just used technology. 
mm-hmm. absolutely here for all of this dated stuff. Like this feels I just, just some chunky ass oh, technology. Absolutely, it's the good stuff. It's the good stuff. Well, let's get into it. Uh, we're going to start out at Ellen's Air Force Base, uh, where we see a SWAT team raiding a house in the middle of this otherwise kind of boring suburban neighborhood. Um, a woman runs up. I believe this woman's name is da-da, Anita. I think this is Anita. Uh, she says that her husband is in that house. That's her house. Uh, and the SWAT team tells her that her husband stole a military vehicle and is armed and barricaded in the house. Uh, SWAT team breaks in and is obviously looking for this dude. When they eventually find him, he looks like he's completely naked uh, and covered in burns. Yeah. Uh, very, very spooky behavior. Did he, did he both slimy and covered in burns? Very, very bad scene, man. Looks like he just like escaped out of hot, a hot Vaseline vet, which yeah. Um, yeah. not the best place to be, Chris. I don't know if you know that. Great way to start an episode, though. Strong mm-hmm. opener. I uh, We get our, our, our first like intro. This, this is our first OP. The, le- the legendary X-Files OP. Yes. And this is the first time that we're hearing it. Uh, what's your take on this? Are you a fan? It's it's weird. So when we... Obviously, you just know this. This do-do-do-do-do-do-do. You know, you know it. Mm-hmm. Like, you mm-hmm. just have it ingrained in your mind, I think. It's a pop culture reference at this point that almost everybody knows. And uh, it's strange. When we first started the podcast, I hadn't thought about it too much in a long, long time, like actually listened to it. And then when we eventually started like, okay, this we're serious about this. Let's like start, like I started digging more into the X-Files. I started listening to the soundtrack and I was like, God damn, this is a fucking bop. Like this yeah. is really, really good. Like I am a hundred percent into this. Uh, and, it, and it just goes very hard. I, it's the intro itself. Like the video is mm-hmm. so fucking hysterical, especially because yeah. I hadn't thought about this in forever. I watched Fringe like for the fifth time or something last year, uh, and the Fringe intro is almost exactly this. Like it's yeah. it's it's just almost like verbatim quoting this, and it's really really funny. I love when it just comes up with the words paranormal activity, dude. In my mind, <laughs> especially because this song like scared me as a little kid, and I still like it now. Like I said, it's my ringtone. Um, the song is a banger, but in my mind, the the visuals that go along with it are as cryptic and cool as the song implies <laughs> and they're not it's, it's so not. funny it's absolutely it not. just says the words paranormal <laughs> fucking ufo fbi like it's just it's very funny and that makes it even better yeah, i think absolutely uh, and when and when the um the, the intro ends you get the screen that says the truth is out there and yeah. i do believe that this changes i don't know if it's changes season to season or, or certain episodes say different things but there are different slogans that you'll see there throughout the series I do want to mention, uh, so I mentioned this last time, we haven't heard our theme song yet, um, but we, as soon as we actually start hearing that and that stuff starts coming together, we'll, we'll thank the appropriate people. It'll be in the show notes, obviously, when we start uploading these. But in the meantime, we haven't actually heard any of that stuff. Um, our good friend, though, Jake Lionheart, over at jakelionheart.bandcamp.com has uh, been contributing some, what I'm calling like incidental music, incidental podcast music. So remixing, I sent him the entire TV show soundtrack uh, and he's been remixing all that stuff for us into cool beats that we can use in between segments and things like that. And I just want to give a huge shout out to Jake. If you need 
and I'm dead serious about this, like music for your streams, music for your D&D campaigns, music for your podcast, music for like literally anything. And you're like, how do people create this cool stuff? It's because they pay Jake like an absurdly low amount of money to do it. And he does a fucking killer job. So go. Yeah. You're like, hey, can you remix this one song? And then like 15 minutes later, he's like, so I have these three songs done. You're like, huh? What do you mean? Yeah. I literally like I sent him a thing and he's like, well, I'm at work today. And I'm like, dude, I'm we're launching this in a month. Like there is no rush. Yeah. And then you don't need to do it today. <laughs> the next day he sent me a Google Drive link with like eight songs on it and they were all fucking killers. So no, no all killer, so yeah. no filler. So thank you. All thank killer, you so no much. Filler. Shout out to Jake. Um, after the intro, we go to Washington, D.C. Where, Back uh, to D.C. Back at the lab. <laughs> where once again, I wrote the word Mully down to refer to uh-huh. Scully. Uh, you know. And I just want to point out, Chris, uh, not a cell phone in sight. Dude, not a at cell this, phone at this bar. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> just really talking to one another at this Washington yeah, D.C. Wow. bar. Everyone's, it's true. Yeah, they're so they're at a bar. They're not. They're not like at FBI headquarters. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're they're just. I like that this sort of implies that there's already a, a an implicit trust and kind of like a camaraderie between between them. They're just like she's like, yeah, sure, I'll meet up with you at the bar. No, no big deal. Um, even though they joke about drinking at two p.m. Um, and that's when Mulder starts to feel like somebody is watching them yep um but they talk about the cold open mm-hmm. they talk about colonel robert budahas he's the guy who we saw in the cold open who was all slimy and shivering and covered in burns uh, he's a military test pilot four months back he had an episode i think that the episode they're referring to is the cold open. Correct. that's what we saw yep. mm-hmm. um and then he was hospitalized for that condition but now the military won't comment on it. His wife has not seen him since then, hasn't heard from him since then. Uh, and she essentially reported this as a kidnapping to the FBI. Bold. Very, very bold. To very report, bold. Report the that the U.S. Air Force fucking kidnapped your husband to the FBI. Like, that's, that's extremely bold. Uh, Mulder also has additional information that um he's he's uncovered at least six more air force pilots all from ellen's air force base who've disappeared since 1963 and that the military won't really confirm anything about this except that they were all piloting quote-unquote experimental vehicles uh they sent out some fbi agents but then the case was completely shelved and that's when Mulder picked it up he wants to go down there and see what's happening uh and and scully's like hey this doesn't really smell like paranormal to me like this i thought you only like these like kind of creepy cases and he's like no no no. this one has this one has something this smells paranormal to me uh paranormal bouquet as he says i i love that it's episode two and at least from my standpoint i just i believe Mulder can just go yeah but there's that one incident but I have these six other times that this happened and here's these all these case files on these things that they've been like I they wrote him in such a way presented him in such a way in episode one that I believe that he can just do this this isn't an ass pull it's like oh yeah no this is this guy's back he is all about finding these things and connecting these threads he's looking at unresolved cases and piecing things together Um, it's just a small thing that I appreciate me too yeah I, I feel like they we talked about this a lot in the first episode. They treat Mulder and Scully as both separately competent people. And mm-hmm. that's that. I think that matters a lot to me. There's a lot of TV shows on now that where people are just like naturally competent or whatever, but it doesn't really feel particularly earned. Uh, and this like, I don't know why. I think it's because they went out of their way to tell me they're bona fides about going to, to school and graduating and all this other stuff. I just feel like they're just like casually competent in a way that really works for me. Um, yeah. Mulder takes a break. He goes to the restroom, which is when he's confronted by Deep Throat. Dude, this uh, is like my my nightmare. Somebody talking to me oh in the my, bathroom. I, don't, I hate this <laughs> so much. Somebody talking to me at the urinal. Uh, this man, this unidentified man, uh, knows Mulder. 
uh, he's familiar with Mulder and his work, uh, tells him to leave this case alone uh, because the military will not abide by the FBI poking in. Mm. Uh, and as he leaves, he unlocks, he locked the bathroom door behind him, which was kind of weird. Uh, yeah. As he leaves, he unlocks the door. Mulder tries to catch him, but the, the restaurant's too busy and he can't really find yeah. it. And this guy's uh, vibe is weird because he's telling him to, you know, stay off the case, but he's also saying like you're exposing you and Scully to unnecessary risk. Like you're yeah. you're jeopardizing your own efforts by doing this. It's like, huh? Yeah. Are and you it, a friend or you are a foe? Or are you just deep throat? Or are you a deep throat? <laughs> Which is a, I guess casual language that we use now in the in the FBI. Yeah. Yeah. Um as Mulder is like looking around like a wild person, Scully does notice him and it's like comes over and it's like, Are you okay? Um, but then we just skip ahead towards the FBI. Uh, Scully is using, is this a lithograph? I feel like it's not a lithograph, and I've just used that word incorrectly. Um, um, I don't know what she's up to. <laughs> this is not a lithograph. She's doing research is how I wrote it. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those giant, um, it's like a like a film newspaper machine. Um, oh, a microfiche. Microfiche, thank you. Yes, it's a, it's a microfiche machine where she's looking through old cases she's trying to find additional information right on, yeah. on ellen's airport space uh all that she really learns is that she um they, they research stealth weapons um and but she's she calls Mulder because she's a little bit unhappy because they they do all of this stuff and it's kind of secretive and she doesn't want to be made out to be a fool uh mm-hmm. she calls molly Mulder, molly jesus christ it's going to happen a lot of chris i'm sorry in advance um you'll get it eventually she, she calls Mulder at home when Mulder notices like some clicks on his phone and sees a, a van outside. Um, mm-hmm. Old school tapping techniques where you would literally unscrew the mouthpiece of a phone and put something in there and then like listen to it down the wire. Um, fun fact, I don't know how much you care about this. The telephone systems that we all used to use, like landlines, do you know what that's mm-hmm. called? No. It's called POTS. And do you know why it's called POTS? You know what that stands for? No. Plain old telephone system. No, really? <laughs> When, that's really funny back when i was doing like dsl and t1 installs it relied on all of that like straight up copper stuff like actual wires going to buildings and it's just a, a, you just learn you pick up those kind of stuff and i just yeah that's very funny um very very cool that I, I, I again one of this like 90s technology things that i'm just yeah. always going to be excited about so i think it feels weird to to be so charmed by 90s technology um but we were younger then you know and like it's you, you kind of have, i don't know it just reminds me of things of of being young and like the the you know wonder of the world yeah. and just seeing these devices kind of takes me back there so it's there that's why i'm charmed with so much by it Mulder does not really play it cool though when he finds out that his phone is no, tapping not he's at like all. we can't talk about this on this line as he peeks out the window directly eye contact with the guy in the van watching him he should be like uh you know scully i gotta call you back later i understand he's communicating to the audience though yes. that's not yeah. like he's in case you didn't hear the click you know in case you don't put two and two together he's telling you what's going on so you know i appreciate that i guess what's crazy is that this like 30 second scene of like some just like espionage work is way better than the entirety of uh secret invasion the recent marvel tv show (laughs) which was like sold on like oh it's going to be samuel l jackson as nick fury and it's going to be all espionage who could you trust it's just fucking miserable like it's just horrible it's just a shame because espionage that stuff the spy stuff i didn't know i was spy guy until you know my 30s then i started realizing how cool this stuff was we gotta we gotta do i'm gonna force you and it's a quick movie too but i'm gonna force you to watch sneakers and do it for patreon because it's one of my favorite movies of all times and it's because of all this stuff it's even older that stuff but it's like i mean it's it's literally like that i think i've told you a thousand times like the 
um sam winchester figuring out where he is on the map because they crossed the bridge and all of that oh, yeah, 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 yeah yeah i love that yeah, i yeah. love that stuff <laughs> me and you got me and you were definitely doing sneaker if we probably be before 100%. we finish lord of the rings at this point 100 <laughs> yeah at this point yeah this, return of the kings is really long <laughs> it's two and a half hours for half that movie man come on so they uh Mulder and scully they can't talk on the phone so no. instead they'll just fly out to see uh uh mrs budahas anita um so this is again she's from the cold open she her husband's the one who's gone missing um they go in and they talk to her. They she explains these strange physical reactions that her husband started having. Then that his personality started to change. He was working in all these top secret jobs. He took it very seriously. So she doesn't know anything that he was working on. Um, and now she's just left without a husband. Um, and she's what she mentions that someone else lost it. Is I think her. Uh, terminology like somebody else had the same experience yeah. um mm-hmm. and then he was returned to his wife right yes mm-hmm. and we cut over to this guy vernon um who is very just in an absolutely insane display using his own hair like pulling out strands of his hair to tie fishing lures to tie these like fly fishing lures um yeah. which is basically all he's been doing for two years and the wife is like yeah, like he, you know, he lived a really stressful life, and now he does this. Uh, government pretty much took care of us, all good. And she even looks over at Anita, Mrs. Buddha House, and why is the like, "Fuck, did you bring that? Why did you bring the FBI to my house? I don't want anything this to do with this." This is the least chill thing you could have done. Um, as they walk out of the house, uh, Scully and Mulder kind of kind of regroup a little bit. Uh, Scully thinks that this that the fly lure guy has this very specific form of PTSD, which is uh, kind of talked about in this like secretive Pentagon project called the Aurora project uh, mm-hmm. where, where they've been testing suborbital flight. Uh, and then she kind of proposes the theory that maybe these guys are the washouts. Like maybe these are the people that were going up yeah. in the suborbital planes and not working, which is very funny because like, we're kind of doing this commercially now. <laughs> like yeah. you can, like yeah. people are paying to go on the Virgin intergalactic flights or whatever. Like it's not, we're going like up and up there with just rich, I guess rich people are. Um, I, I looked up the Aurora project and mm-hmm. it, interestingly, I won't get super into it. No, let's, but, let's do it. This is the podcast to do it, Chris. Get into it. Yeah. It's well, okay. So from Wikipedia, it is a rumor, mid 1980s American reconnaissance aircraft. Uh, there is no substantial evidence that it was ever built or flown. And it has been termed a myth. Now you go on to read through the rest of this. And it's like pretty obvious that a lot of people very much believe that this stealth craft did exist. There's absolutely no reason to not believe that they were building reconnaissance aircrafts that could, you know, disappear and and you know be basically you know cause all these uh ufo sightings or whatever but this is like this is one of the things that i i think is also really neat about the x-files it was probably this was a little bit more of contemporary history at the time but now it's like we get a story on twitter for you know two days at most and then it's gone you know where's mexico alien suddenly it's i don't get to hear any more about it you know but this stuff that you know came part of the 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 lexicon at the time um or even not even the lexicon even just sort of like ideas fringe ideas picking up on those things so i immediately start googling when i'm watching the episode i'm like is the aurora project a real thing okay yeah that sounded familiar let me look it up let me oh it was tied to this you know mythical um you know experiment or whatever they were doing um so it's just yeah it's, it's fun to to pick out those things as we go through the show it's also a fun reminder that conspiracy theories used to be about uh used to be relatively fun and harmless right yeah. like 
aliens yeah. are such a good thing to to do stuff like even though i know people got dangerously obsessed with it at least it wasn't like getting obsessed with the far right stuff which is like most of our conspiracy things now like, it just seems just, like it always ends up leaning that way which yeah. is a huge bummer like mm-hmm. i just want to believe that there's intergalactic funny little guys zipping around the universe i don't i don't need any of this other baggage <laughs> don't, bring it with don't it. need <laughs> don't need anything uh i don't need any alt-right or like weird fucking racist bullshit i just want to believe I'm that good, there's aliens man. i just want to believe in aliens <laughs> They um they're trying to get through to the military and of course are being stonewalled so they decide to go to this one particular colonel's house and just wait for him to get off work. Uh, he yeah. <laughs> he of course like refuses to talk to them. It tells him to get the hell out of his yard and then almost immediately they're approached by Paul, uh, who says he's a newspaper guy. And we've we've heard this before. This is going to be the second time we've heard this in the episode, but I forgot to note down the first time. Uh, as they're talking, they're interrupted by like the screaming jet overhead. So this is like a con- oh yeah, it's 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 a cool background thing that happens. It's just this ever present yeah, like ominous aura you know but it's actually a screeching and thunderous noise of a jet flying overhead it's just it's a cool effect that they do so yeah we hear this weird noise that interrupts paul and um them their conversation um and Mulder, it's interesting to me because like he, Paul is very specifically asking about what they're doing here what their research is finding and you would kind of expect Mulder to see like some to have a sympathetic view of this dude right like somebody who's also searching for the truth Mm -hmm. but he shuts down immediately (laughs) yeah he's He's not interested in sharing any of his information and i think rightfully so Mulder is on guard he knows that somebody Mm -hmm. is is watching him um i I think it i think it's paul here who says as the jet flies over and they hear this this huge noise he says by the time you hear them they're already gone which i think is such a like a a great metaphor for what Mulder is doing by the time he catches on to these cases it's already too late for him to to get to them you know um which is you know that's his his like sort of futile effort that he's constantly trying to figure these things out but they're always one or two steps ahead of him Mulder can't help himself though so he does ask about like people who have seen ufos in the area which yeah uh, i mean if you're gonna if you're gonna follow some leads the military won't talk to you you're not getting any like you know on the record leads so let's just find the ufo nuts and uh the guys just paul claims that it's a bunch of hooey uh but we do hear about this one local diner uh called the flying saucer so they they go over there to have lunch uh this place is awesome i would go to this place immediately today there's pictures of ufos all over the wall um they're eating at the bar and uh Mulder asks like either the i guess the bartender or the owner like where all the pictures came from um and some of them were just like they were all taken here they all showed like this weird like angular looking aircraft Um, yeah it's a strange craft and even there's some that she took and uh and she offers to sell one to to Mulder and you could tell like Scully is just skeptical as all skeptical scully mm-hmm. is, is out in full effect where she just is not and when Mulder buys this for 20 dollars, i think she even like calls him a sucker she's like oh, yeah, yeah, yeah she does because <laughs> um, she's like i'll follow these leads but you just spent 20 bucks yeah. on this stupid fake picture 20 bucks and in, ni- in 1993 money 1992 yeah, yeah, 1993, yeah that's a lot which is like uh like three meals like it's like four yeah. meals a day or something like it's fucking crazy that's ridiculous that's 12 packs of cigarettes <laughs> Uh, what she does notice, though, is that this Air Force base isn't on any of her maps. 
uh, and it's important to remember this is 1993. Like this is before MapQuest, like which was yeah. one of the probably first popular online mapping systems. We didn't have anything. If you wanted mm-hmm. to find your way around town, like you had a you had literally a street index of a town that you would like look up the street you were going to. It would give you the page number and the cube, like A2 or whatever. And then you would route your fucking... Like it was... I don't know how we found anything. I don't know how, I don't we, know how we found anything. It's, it just seems I, so never, impossible. I'm describing it with my words. I lived through yeah. it. I don't know how we went anywhere. I don't get it. I, you know, when I got my driver's license, it was 2006. So I had the internet. But I just... I remember I printed out a map. Yeah. <laughs> to go to the mall. To go to the mall. Absolutely. I'm like, how did I figure that out? I can barely follow a fucking GPS. Autumn, but I got there. <laughs> Autumn has been... We took the dogs to the vet uh, on Friday. Autumn has been to this vet, uh, which is a friend of hers like she, that runs a vet. She is an official vet, so this does not sound... This is not as sketchy as it sounds, but it's literally going to this woman's house, right? Uh, we've been there at least four times. And on the way there, Autumn was like, I don't really know how to get there. We're going to have to put in the... Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. you've been here so many times. How do you not... Yeah. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, as Scully talks about this place not even being on uh, any of her maps... Um, <laughs> Mulder's like, well, don't you worry. <laughs> yes, I have my own maps uh, and holds up this hand like handwritten notes like, on a drawn napkin. Drawn by the waitress uh, on a napkin. This is so Incredible good. stuff. Absolutely good. And this is where Scully starts to get like frustrated. She's like, dude, we're on like a UFO field trip for you. Yeah. This isn't like... I'm the one who has to report this. I have to go home and write about this and hand it in to the FBI, the Federal Bureau of Investigations, Mulder. For the rest of my life and for the rest of the, like, for as long as the FBI is open, people will be able to look up my name and see the report that I'm going to have to write about this, which so far is just you flirting with the bartender to get some UFO pictures and and a map. Like, I can't, this is not, I can't do my career this way. I have to add a scan. Of this napkin to the report, oh, God. you bastards. Uh, they drive over to the outside of the Air Force Base, uh, which has this huge fencing, barbed wire at the top. Uh, Mulder really doesn't know what he's going to be able to find here, uh, but he wants to look around. And he spent so long doing it that Scully, uh, that skeptical Scully, just decides to take a nap in the car, which is totally okay. Totally um, normal, yeah. She wakes up when the car starts vibrating and we see these flashing lights, uh, there's something burst out the back window of this vehicle. And I just find it very funny. Like, obviously this is done for emphasis, like, holy shit, something weird is happening, but it's never mentioned again. Like they don't ever talk. I think that like, we just magically heal the glass all the way up and we use this vehicle yeah, again. That's wild. I don't, that's such, I, it's just such a serious problem to have to deal with. I know. It'd be so, cause like such a pain in the ass. Cause you couldn't like, it's a, it's the whole thing. And it's like, I don't know. You just couldn't, You'd have to find like a, the local dealership. Hope they have yeah. one in stock. It's a like, nightmare, dude. Like a couple days ago, somebody hit my car, and it's like a tiny dent. And even that's a fucking ordeal. There's nothing wrong with my car. It's a little dent that I'm like, okay, I'll get it buffed out, or whatever. You, if you smashed my back windshield, I'm not doing anything else until that's taken care of. Autumn locked her keys in her car uh, a couple of years back. Um, oh, I remember that. Yeah, yeah she was stressed out. She ended up having like it was on a Sunday afternoon in the middle of the country. Like I, I was, I even knew people in the area, and I was calling them like, "Do you know a locksmith that I could overpay to go out there and do this?" And they were like, "No, we don't know anybody." Um, so she was like, "I'm going to have to smash the window," and I looked it up. Like it was more expensive to smash the small little piece, little window than it was just to smash the big one. <laughs> so oh I was like, God. "You got, you got to, you're going to have to live with this all the way home." So yeah, it was, it was a very <sighs> weird situation. Anyway, uh, the shit is getting crazy. 
uh, I, I like this thing that Mulder does all the time, which is where he looks very specifically at the time. So I have it noted down that it's nine thirteen p.m. as this is happening. That's um, isn't that the exact same time that they came back? It in the was exactly right. Yeah, yeah I, I love it. I love it. Uh, man, if there was a Reddit in nineteen ninety three, can you imagine? Dude, can you imagine? Yeah, yeah. I wonder if there was like a <laughs> mailing list. Nineties um, like, Reddit. I know that there was there were fan forums. There's there's yeah. probably bulletin boards and forums and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they start seeing these floating lights over the base. Uh, they're behaving extremely erratically, moving in like crazy ways that you've never seen aircraft move. Uh, Scully thinks they might be lasers until they fly up into the sky and they hear this giant crashing noise. Uh, and then they hear this third one, and this one has like an actual searchlight, but it's not moving as erratically as before this is just a normal hel- helicopter uh, yeah. and that's when Mulder spots these two teenagers escaping from under the fence and then running off so of course he has to chase them down and we find out that it's none other than our friend Seth Green yeah it was funny seeing him in this I think there's a lot of like young guys like this who you know we would later go on to know them who show up in the X-Files yeah yeah he's a uh, future mass effect star seth green future mass effect pilot (laughs) seth green Green. Um, functionally ageless too by the way i don't know like looks exactly the same i haven't seen him in a long time so i don't know exactly what he's looking like nowadays but like between this and like fast forward to probably like mid-era 2000 stuff like no no functional difference seth Um, green as we know him from austin powers yes seth green from austin (laughs) powers uh molder basically protects these two they catch up with them uh and is like hey once you come hang with us they take them to a diner um at this point by this point it's 5 a.m and these kids are stoned out of their gourd they're very giggly mm-hmm. uh it's obviously seth green and his girlfriend they tell him that they sneak in to the air force base to watch the air show uh and listen to music uh, they talk about one time that they dropped a bomb. They mention like that they don't go too far in because of all of the mines, uh, which mm-hmm. is very terrifying. Like you don't really think about like putting mines on American soil very often. It's very very scary no. to me. Um, and as they're as they're having this conversation through the window, we see somebody in a parked vehicle reporting back um, to the to the Air Force base. They've got like the little walkie talkie deal uh, and telling, "Hey, that we found Mulder. We know where he is now." Um, and Seth, meanwhile, is telling Mulder and Scully that he doesn't think that they're, these are UFOs. He thinks that they are Star Wars cybertech, maybe built for Desert Storm 2. And oh, how I wish he had been wrong about Desert Storm yeah, 2. Yeah, oh, how we wish you had been wrong. <laughs> uh, and Mulder's like, hey, did this look like this? Did they, do these ships look like this? And he holds up the picture for that he got from the the diner and... Seth Green, the the ever ever stoned personality. It says, yeah. "Oh, this looks exactly like this." Yeah, uh, and Scully is just sitting there, like, "What the fuck? What is happening in this conversation?" <laughs> um, especially since she's trying to tie this back to the missing man. Yes. Colonel Budahas is still missing, and she's like, "What does this have to do with anything?" Is this where they start? Where they mention the Roswell incident as well? Because I think they start saying how, like, at some point in this episode, they say how, oh, they built, they shipped all these pieces from the Roswell crash yeah. to these different area or air bases and, and made these t- this technology with that stuff. Yeah, that's coming up, I think. Yeah. Um, because, oh, that is that is right here. So they send the kids off. 
um, they, they, they have a Vespa. Um, and that's when Mulder starts uh, bringing out photos from Roswell and talks about how the yeah, ships look right. the same. And like, he thinks that basically it's taken the military like 50 years in order to build even approximation of these, of this technology. Um, and of course we have our, our classic, ex- our classic argument, which is, you know, just because I can't explain it doesn't mean it's UFOs. Uh, and, you know, Mulder baits her. He's like, you know, Tay, t- tell me I'm crazy. And she's like, Mulder, you're fucking crazy. <laughs> like, you know, I'm, I'm, Mulder, I'm, I, like, I hate to say it, Mulder, but this is absolutely not sane behavior. <laughs> this is a little weird. Uh, and then a little bit later, uh, and I, again, just talk about how much I love technology in this day and age because nobody has cell phones. We see Scully running. She gets off of a payphone, runs across the street to the hotel room. <laughs> and I don't yeah. know why I think that's so much fun, but it is. Um, and I'm sorry. I will probably grow out of thinking all this is fun and remarking upon every incident where there's not a well, cell phone. It, by soon, season but... three, they'll probably just have cell phones. Yeah, exactly. You know? yeah, I mean, everything they... becomes shortcutted as soon as they can, like Sam Winchester using his laptop in the car on the highway. Exactly. You know, they just don't yeah. care anymore. Um, but she has news. The The main dude, Buddha House, has, can't come back home. So they rush over, they find Anita just absolutely weeping as she leads them to her husband, who's just kind of sitting there. Uh, and in a very terrifying segment, I think, I, th- I, find, I find this extremely creepy. She just keeps insisting this is not her husband. This is not her, her husband. Uh, yeah. That they've done something to him. Uh, Mulder takes control of the situation, starts asking him questions. Uh, what is his birthday? What are his kids' names? Uh, he doesn't really want to answer the questions, but he keeps on going. And finally, he starts talking about, he starts asking about like flight techniques. Uh, he says he's got like a hot shot pilot friend that always says that he can pull a such and such off at high G's. And that's when Buddha House finally kind of starts tripping up and is like, I, I don't remember anything about being a pilot. Um, and as he gets up to like hold his wife, his wife cringes back from him. It's like, I don't, I just don't want to touch you. Don't touch me. Um, just absolutely terrifying all the way around. Like to find to, to the, yeah. the idea of, of your spouse being replaced is just very, very spooky. Yeah. Which I think it's, you know, they, they definitely tease us with the idea that this isn't really him, but then you realize, oh, they have ex- exclusively erased certain information from this man's brain. Yes. Which is just as terrifying. They, well, maybe less terrifying than having a fake husband. I guess I could I could deal with a broken husband better than I could deal with having a fake husband. You oh, know man, I mean? that's a good question. Broken yeah. or fake? And why am I already both? Sorry, Autumn. <laughs> why am I already both? That's so true. That's so true. Uh, they storm out of this house, Mulder and Scully do. Uh, mm-hmm. And Mulder insists that they have rewired Boothouse's brain. Mm-hmm. Scully, despite like having just seen this with her own two eyes, is like, that technology doesn't exist. Uh, and Mulder's like, it absolutely does. And she's like, but why? Why do any of this? Like, what's the motive? And Mulder kind of lays out his his theory, which is, you know, they're trying to push this UFO U, U technology, UFO technology. The pilots cannot handle it. And if that gets out, like the military will be screwed. So they're controlling information. Um, and we skip from here to them just in the car, kind of still driving, of like yeah. trying to figure out what's going on. Um, and then this whole episode ramps up in a way that I was not expecting whatsoever. I, this is an extreme escalation. <laughs> I really thought like it'd be a season of slow burn. Um, and I'll go back to one of my favorite, favorite, favorite tweets of like the last year. Um, this is the Dracula surfboard tweet. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. 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 Um, and I just, you know, again, 
it, we, we just we're seeing Dracula go on that surfboard in the second episode. We're not waiting to the finale. Like you we're don't gonna... have to have the the backstory of how we got the surfboard. It's yeah. just no episode two. There's fucking UFOs and government interference, and they are you know they're doing everything. And they get they get surrounded. They get basically almost run off the road. They get surrounded by. You would call them G-men, except they're not G-men because they're not FBI. These are, but these yeah. are weird, like dark suit wearing, sunglasses having, you know, fuckheads uh, yeah. that are working for the government. They surround the car uh, and they pull Boulder out, right? And they're they're pull both of them out, and they're frisk. All of their weapons are removed. The car is rummaged through it. Scully is led away, and Mulder watches as he they destroy all of the footage. We we didn't really talk about him getting nice like pictures of all of the UFO stuff. Um, oh yeah. And as Mulder starts to ask questions, they just fucking assault him. They just punch him in the stomach. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're very specifically told, "You need to leave town. We're going to escort you back to your hotel, and you need to get the fuck out of here." Yeah, this is a matter of national security. Fuck off. Yes. Fox. Uh, and we skip over to them at the hotel where Scully is like calling in some favors. And of course, <laughs> Mulder's pacing back and forth like, I'm not fucking off. Not fucking off. He called me by my first name. He knew my first weird. name. Can't nobody calls me Fox. Everybody calls me Mulder. Um, <laughs> and Scully calls in like the plates trying to find some information. These plates don't even exist. Uh, yeah. Of course, Mulder thinks that this entire thing is planned, that the government knew that they were coming. He finally tells Scully about the man in the bar and his phone being tapped. And he believes this whole thing is a conspiracy to hide a actual UFO. And what would happen you know, if the masses Mulder learned? did have a man talk to him in the bathroom. Mulder did mm-hmm. have his phone tapped, but he sounds crazy when he tells yeah. her this. Mm-hmm. He should have been honest up front because it's not adding up at this point. <laughs> It sounds bad when you hold it back and then you'd like blurt it yeah, out with in, yeah. in a time of high stress because it just sounds like you're making it up. Um, and that's the really interesting dynamic that, again, not like having experienced X-Files, but not having like watched it in a recent time. Like I just, I always kind of thought it would be like Mulder believing in stuff that didn't exist and Scully being like, uh, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, um, right. And it turns out like he's believing in stuff that kind of does exist and there's going to actually show us exist. And like, I mean, it's, it's just crazy. I was not expecting this kind of dynamic between the two of them. Yeah. Um, but this is where he, you know, it's it's weird the stance that Scully takes you're not weird but it, it's incredibly logical it's very she says like does not the, the government like have a right to protect its secrets like it, they this doesn't have to be public knowledge if they know about UFOs or or extraterrestrials can't they keep that secret um and I loved Mulder's line here. He Me says, too. yes, Me too. they can, but when does the human cost become too high for the building of a better machine? I just thought that was great. Yes. Like, yeah, like there are people suffering, you know, whether it's Mulder's sister who went missing or it's uh, Budahas who's had his mind erased. You know, or there are people are, are being sacrificed to this secret. Or that poor guy, you know pulling his hair out one strand at a time to build fishing lures. Like, That's such a weird thing to do, yeah, you know? Uh, awful. Just absolutely awful. Uh, and then Scully kind of plays her trump card, which is, hey, what are we even doing here? We came here to investigate a missing person case. That person has now been restored. We don't have a case here. We have nothing to follow up on. Like, there's no crime, right? Like, they yeah. can't they can't just investigate anything that they want to. Um, and Mulder responds to this like, aren't you even just a little bit curious uh, and Scully just rolls her eyes and just sits down on the bed like she is absolutely exhausted with everything this man has ever said in his entire so life. We got ran off the road earlier. My curiosity is over and done with. <laughs> yeah, I don't need to. I don't need additional curiosity. I don't need additional answers. Uh, Mulder then 
kind of does a 180. He's like, hey, look, I'll I'll go. Uh, let me just go get pack up all my stuff and I'll get out of here. Uh, and he leaves and then she hears the car start and he has just left <laughs> the building. <laughs> he's just, he's out of there, dude. Which, you know, it's, it's a shame that uh, he reaches this point where he's like, I can't trust Scully anymore. It's not, no, not I can't trust Scully, but maybe it is more just that he's like, I cannot jeopardize her like this right now. She is the one who has to, to write the reports. She's not buying this and she's right. We have no reasonable business here. Yeah. However, <laughs> I am not able to walk away from this right now. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's just another example of like Mulder's going to do whatever Mulder wants to do. Right. Yeah. Um, it's, he is going, he is driven and he is dedicated and he is passionate. Um, whether or not that he's right and whether or not that he is right to do these things and he's, but, but doesn't really matter because he is willing to burn his partner and his friendships along the way if he has to, because that's how dedicated he is to finding the truth because it, yeah. at his core as we've learned like the thing that is driving him is finding his sister and all yes. of all of this just is another fucking rung on the ladder to lead him back to his sister um right. which is going to be interesting to see this spread out over several years i think mm-hmm. uh he goes back to seth green and seth green's girlfriend uh they lead Mulder to the when whole, in doubt you turn to the stoners you, you go you go right to seth green chris that's about been my philosophy for a long it's time always been my motto <laughs> always go to the writings of seth green and when you're having relationship issues um they lead Mulder to the hole in the fence um, that this great conspiracy theory has just looked over, which is also very funny to me. Uh, they tell him not to go too far into the base. Uh, and as he leaves, Seth Green looks at his girlfriend and says, did we tell him about the landmines and Chuck? <laughs> which yeah. is a very well, funny line. Well, let's hope. Um, Mulder, however, goes in. Um, he gets out of like some some tall grass and stops, realizing that's probably where the landmines are. Uh, but he has still made his way over to... Um, oh no, he's still there at nighttime. He kind of hangs out for a while, and eventually, this UFO comes down and sees him. Uh, this ship is triangular. Yeah, it's, and there's. I just want to say this: like, there's so much iconic imagery yes. here. Like, even just Mulder out in a giant field. There's something like iconic about that. All these years later, um, and then yeah, the, the lights in the sky, this craft appearing before him. Like, it's it's just. I love it. I'm, I was eating it up. And we see these like blinking colored lights shining down at Mulder. And then, like, it almost, like, it it doesn't really fly away. It almost looks like it breathes away, right? Like, it just moves. Um, And then here come the military police uh, who are chasing Mulder down. Uh, Mulder does the only thing that you really can do, which is run away. Um, Even though though the military police have vehicles, and that's not going to go very far. Uh, And, you know, again, talking about this episode ramping up, uh, not only have the government agents, like, fucking confiscated their stuff and told them to get the fuck out of here, you, you expect him to, like, be put in handcuffs and, like, set in the back of the car, right, to be escorted off. No. Right. He is, he is fucking tied down to a gurney, um, and they start injecting him with stuff and start putting, and put a fucking gas mask over his face. Um, I have a weird, I have a very, that's no, not weird, very understandable fear of being, like, operated on or anything against my will, right? Like, I feel I'd like, argue that's pretty reasonable. It's a pretty yeah. reasonable fear. Um, I've read a lot of, read a lot of horror media and it happens every once in a while and it's never not yeah. terrifying. Um, and yeah, this is just, this is just 
fucking this morning jess read the story the first story in stephen king's everything's eventual which i can't think of the name where they are are, are operating on a guy doing an autopsy yep. on a guy who's still alive mm-hmm. so that's like that yeah that's just funny that we're that's probably where my that. extremely reasonable fear came yeah. from because i read that at a pretty young yeah. age so yeah absolutely <laughs> um meanwhile scully is trying to call uh the hq phone's not working heads to the office of the hotel also, the phone's not working. Uh, the guy there at the at the counter is just like, oh, you know, it's just military interference. It happens all the time. Uh, and it's just kind of like, again, just slowly ratcheting up the like, what are they control? What are they capable of? What are they What are they controlling? We see yeah. this van carrying Mulder into the Air Force Base proper into this warehouse. Uh, it's not quite a wet pipe factory because I didn't see any wet pipes, and it's it's a very clean warehouse. But it's it is definitely yeah. a alien warehouse if you've ever seen one of those. Um, I mean, this is this this is an alien warehouse, and I was gonna say like, man, this is escalating quickly, but it's just like. Es- like take the the escalating out of it there's no ink it escalated it, it, it has it's just escalated it's, it's yes. gone like we are there <laughs> and, I, and i love this because like he's blurredly awake he's like kind of in a dream state almost um and he can see men in white coats he can see these bright lights he sees this plane behind like huge sheets of visqueen so he can't quite make out the shape um it's all very dreamlike it's but it's all you know the implication here is very terrifying of like, where are they taking me? What are they capable of? Uh, Scully, meanwhile, goes back to her hotel room and who does she find in it? But Paul, uh, who, you know, still ostensibly being like, Oh yeah, I'm just here. Just checking up. You guys find anything. But then she hears a radio coming from his car and she rushes over uh, she gets into Paul's she car. She just takes action. She's like, fuck No this. hesitation no. whatsoever. Uh, realizes that Paul is not a newspaper guy. He's security for the Air Force Base. Uh, manages to get... Uh, manages to get his gun she gets into his car she gets his badge and id and his gun yeah (laughs) scully is extremely fucking capable and just like just is is like you're gonna take me to the fucking air force base and he's like that's a bad idea and she's like i do not fucking care right now yeah um because seth shows up at this point seth green is like oh hey did your guy get back from the air force base (laughs) (laughs) um Back to Mulder, who was being surrounded by these doctors. They give him more drugs, including these weird eye drops. Also, like, you know, playing with eye terror here. Very, very terrifying. Um, Scully, meanwhile, is forcing Paul to drive to the Air Force Base. Um, He stops the car before the gate. It seems like things are weird, but then we see this, like, Jeep come out of the checkpoint. And as the Jeep pulls up, you know, Scully is like, what is going on? What is going on? Here comes Mulder. Mulder steps out of this vehicle, looking very much worse for wear. Um, she kicks Paul out of the car, gets out, calls for Mulder to get in. Mulder looks dumbfounded, and can, it seems like he can barely stay on two feet. Mm-hmm. Uh, what happened to him? It's This whole scene is so weird because it's like, you know, Scully's got the gun, so in a way it seems like she's in control, but it's like she and Mulder are the only ones who aren't in control of this situation. They they are completely powerless. Uh, and as they kind of make this trade, she's been holding this man at gunpoint, they swap for Mulder. He says, Paul says, I just want you to know that everything you've seen here is equal to the protection that we give it. it and it's you who have acted inappropriately. There is this, like, they're drawing this line and saying, like, what we're doing is right and you poking the nest, that's bad and wrong and you need to stop. Um, and it's, of course, trying to, you know, it, it's spinning the narrative, right? Um, 
but it does put Mulder in this difficult situation. And I think as a viewer, we're always going to side with Mulder and Scully. Even like episode two, I'm like, no, I'm 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 here for them. I don't think that Mulder is a nuisance because the the truth is out there. There are secrets. People are dying for this. Goes back to that line he said earlier about um, you know how, what's the human cost for to, for a new machine, right? Um, but I still like that the quote unquote bad guys are taking this stance. You know, yes. Uh, I just think it makes the dynamic of the show more interesting. That that whole line. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think it's I think there's this episode's full of lines, and it's because of Chris Carter, right? Like Chris Carter, like mm-hmm. made himself on this on these TV on this TV show, and it, and it shows through in the writing. Everything you have seen here is equal to protection. We give it. It is you who acted appropriately. It's just such a good fucking line to like mm-hmm. make Mulder sit back on his haunches and be like, "Oh, wait a minute, Fuck. <laughs> yeah." And I just love the is equal to the protection that we get it give it is a fascinating like almost military esque like black box kind of or, or black yeah. site kind of deal that is just very yes. very spooky um molder eventually gets in the car and they race off uh molder seems fine but he very quickly realizes he doesn't remember how he got here um they for some reason go back to the buddha house's house uh and this time alicia won't even let them in the door uh not, he, she's refusing to leave even she's got her husband back she doesn't care about the fbi um molder is like they got to her and and Scully at this point has just run out of patience, and she's like, "We don't know anything. We don't know anything more than what we did when we got here. In fact, we might even yeah. know less." Um, she wants to get the fuck out of here, and like, I don't blame her whatsoever. Uh, and that's where, for all intents and purposes, this case like ends for them because the next scene is one week later, right? Like we jump, yeah. we jump. We get ahead her of- writing her report, just being like, "Here's the report on the kidnapping. Here's Mulder's theory. Everything that he thought and saw it was inconclusive." I think the only thing she says is like, "We did. I can like corroborate the eyewitness report of of strange aircraft." That's yeah, about it. That's it. Uh, and then yeah, then we see Mulder. He's just like out running on a track, you know. He's he's getting that he's getting that pump in. He's getting that sweat out. Fucking loser, um, loser ass. And runners. then this, this loser ass runner, uh, this the man from the bar at the beginning of the episode appears. The eponymous <laughs> deep throat appears, um, and he tells Mulder that hey, you you might be in danger um, for things for seeing the things that you shouldn't have seen, um, but he says that he can provide Mulder with information so long as it's in his best interest to do so. So basically, stop fucking around and I can help you. But if you're not going to listen to reason, or if you're going to do these dangerous stunts, then I have no reason to help you. And Mulder says out loud like that the, he he knows that he saw something. He knows that he got a piece yeah, of this. He knows that they erased something from and him. And that they took it from him. Um, and Deep Throat, again, talk about some pretty classic lines. Uh, Ask Mulder, why are those like yourself not dissuaded by all of the evidence to the contrary? Like, why... Why do you continue to believe despite every every rational? Um, uh-huh. There's thought? some there's some interesting turn of phrase here. Despite uh, all the evidence to the contrary, and Mulder says because, because all, all the, the evidence, evidence to the contrary is not entirely dissuasive. dissuasive. I don't Absolutely. know. I love it. Just I like, absolutely he, love it, dude. So he's good. practically saying nothing, but there's just something so good about it's that. It's just line. it's just a really good write. It's a really good turn of phrase, and I and I dig it. Um, and then they leave us very similar to the dude, first episode. I forgot about these last two lines where they <laughs> at the end of the first episode they kind of oh shit this is much bigger than we thought. Um, Mulder says they're here. They excuse me they're here, aren't they? And Deep Throat looks at him and says, they've been here for a long, long time. And that's Woo! and that's where the episode ends. And how much fun is that? That's extremely that's fun. Shit. That is that's extremely fun. 
that's me going i need to watch the next episode i'm coming back next week yeah, like, this yeah. is you know and before the days of streaming or or even being able to get dvds right it was like years before there was a vhs set out for the x files so it was like you got this had to be appointment viewing you had to come back and check this out yeah if you missed it on on friday night you better hope you were there on sunday for the rerun like that was it right that was or whatever i don't I actually remember the days or the times or anything but uh, and, it, you know Again, I, I, being born in the 90s, I, I didn't have a, a lot of time where I didn't have access to the things I wanted. But there is just something real pure about having oh, to come yeah. back next week. Absolutely. You know, like I had to schedule my time every day to go watch Dragon Ball after school or whatever. I had to finish my yeah. homework before then. Well, that's not, I'm like, I need to see what happens today. You know, that's like, not very but cool, it was but just, okay. <laughs> I know it wasn't cool, but it was something like fun about like tomorrow at 530. Yeah. I got to be there, you know, like, and I just, I love that. And watching this week to week as we do for the podcast it, it, with that in mind it kind of still gives me that fun nostalgic feeling what even new stuff game of thrones you know i just love that that feeling of of the appointment viewing of coming in you got to watch it right now um it's just fun yeah it's it's a it's a good time just to to have to wait a little bit to figure out what's going on mm-hmm. so i don't know again i've i've said it a couple of times throughout the episode i uh, i'm just i'm so surprised that we get into it so quick so fast and so big like that we've already got not one but two cover-up conspiracies completely not related to one another it seems like <laughs> that we've... do you know what the next episode is about i haven't even looked no i have no clue because it's like oh wow okay this is the fucking x-files man okay good i'm, I'm very excited i might watch it tonight because autumn uh autumn has been wanting to watch these with me because she's been uh she's been having fun with the because she watched the first two with me so she's like i want you to take notes while I, while, while i am in the room so yeah yeah i might try to watch the third one tonight just because i'm kind of excited about it so all right. Uh, any any last thoughts? Ask me, yeah, yeah, I was going to ask you any last thoughts. No, no last thoughts. Great episode. Extremely good episode. I'm uh, I'm excited to watch more. Thank you, everybody. Uh, if we haven't specifically asked for it, the the thing that can make or break a brand new podcast is reviews on your platform of choice. Um, for whatever reason, Apple Podcast is kind of the standard. If you have it in your heart, please take a few minutes out of your time to drop us a rating, drop us a review. Uh, you can also do that on really any podcast service, but for whatever reason. Apple Podcast is the is the one that all of the metrics look at, and that could really really help us out. If you don't have the time to do that, maybe you're just chatting with friends. You're talking about fucking aliens, talking about that Mexico alien. You look over and you're like, oh, you know, my buddies Chris and Jeremy, they do a podcast about the X Files. Bet you would dig it. Tell your friends. <laughs> they might know about the Mexico alien. They go fucking get your lawnmower out. Tune in next time to see if I know any more about it. And oh, I haven't actually looked to see the if... secrets of the Mexico alien will be revealed. Yes, absolutely. Um, uh... Go, you know. Go get your lawnmower out and go carve non-human biologicals. Dot cool in a cornfield yeah. somewhere so we can see it on high. We would very much appreciate your support. And if you've already done that, thank you so, so much. And we'll be back next week with more X-Files. Woo! I can hear something. What's going on there? Just chopping on some gum. Gross. Helps with the uh, digestion. <laughs> you know, um, a fun fact about me is that uh, recently, having been in the hospital, 
and uh, the outcome of which was like I had to be watched to make sure that my digestive system was working correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, and it would been it was day three. Let's see, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So like two days after the surgery. And um, my digestive system hadn't really done what it was supposed to do yet, which was normal. Nobody was, like, freaking out or anything. Right, right. Um, but definitely, like, wanted to get a move on, right? Like, wanted to. And then Autumn looked up some stuff, and there was a white paper that specifically said chewing gum, like, saw, like, a 30% increase in successful digestive systems after this very specific surgery that I had. Um, wow. and, and I hate chewing gum. I, I do not like it. Oh. So she, she was like, you're, you're going to chew a piece of gum. And I was like, I will chew one piece of gum and I will be goddamned if that night my digestive system started working. The, 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 not, well, <laughs> it just started for the first time. So I was like, you know what? <laughs> Sometimes I've, I've, I feel really confident when I chew gum. Like, I feel like I got an attitude, you know, like yeah. I can walk through the world. I'm like, yeah, what's up? Hey buddy, what do you need, bud? Like I just feel like I got I got a little bit more. I'm I'm you know I can be a little bit meek, you know I'm a bit quiet. Uh, but chewing gum it just it's really in, invigorated me. I had braces for 56 years, so mm-hmm. uh, I just had to give up a lot of things in my life for a long time, and I've you know I'm rediscovering them later in life. Um, I bet that makes you kind of makes you. I feel like chewing gum makes you feel like a baseball player, like a pilot. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, that's that's the thing. definitely. That's the... Yeah, it's those two things. It's I'm either like I'm I'm on I'm on I'm in the dugout or I'm in the cockpit. Yes, exactly right, hundred <laughs> percent. I am going to take the gum out now because I don't need to be chomping on the fucking microphone. Thank you, because I don't like the sound of it. You can ask Autumn. It's gone. It's gone. Did We're the, free. You're free. Finally, I put. So, my, am notes. I loud enough? Do I sound loud enough? You sound normal. Okay. I turned down my mic a little bit because it was going crazy on that wave file. You know what I mean? I put my notes somewhere. Um, oh, there they are. Okay, good. good I have I have not one but three Wikipedia links for this one. Do you really? Oh, that's yeah, fucking excellent. I'm, I'm excited to get into it. I was looking at some trivia and it was just people arguing over where they could watch the episode for free. So That's a bummer. That doesn't yeah. sound like trivia. That's no, it wasn't the tri- what not, not what this trivia section is supposed <laughs> to be used for. How you been? Uh, I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Just chilling, you know, chilling, chilling, vibing, out. chilling out. I got a, like, uh, such a weird energy today on this beautiful Sunday here. Um, Jess and I woke up at like 730 and went to get breakfast. And then oof. we went to a farm stand and a bookstore and the bath and body works. Okay. <laughs> it's just it's and then we went for a walk. It, it was a very productive morning. And usually I don't get up on a weekend for a while. Or if I get up, I like get up and I get coffee and then I go back to bed and play video games or something. Like I don't do yeah. anything on the weekends. So today has felt like a whole day, which is rare for me on a weekend. Do you uh I mean I I feel like I get up pretty early, but I'm not extremely productive. Like I I get up early, but I just like I do some chores around the house, and then I'm like it's settled in for video games for the rest of the yeah. day. But you actually got out and about, man. I'm proud of you. Yeah. You're, you're not That's getting. The, are you not getting creamed right now? Or did, the, the, no. did, did Lee just bypass you guys and go? It, no, it to rained Canada? all week. It rained okay. all week, mm-hmm. and then yesterday and today the temperatures dropped. I think because of that. Uh, so yesterday it was in the 60s, and this is like you know we're still technically in summer, so that was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Today it's back up into the high 70s, but in the morning when we first got up to go get breakfast, it was like 56 degrees out, which is just beautiful. Like they're you know throwing a flannel shirt, and I'm I'm locked in, I am good to go. And by the time we came out, it was already a little too hot for the flannel, but it was all right because it felt like fall for a minute. <laughs> still felt like fall, yeah, nice, 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 nice. I don't do well in the heat, you know. Glad you're not getting creamed though. Cause... Still made time for gaming. 
however. I played a little bit of Baldur's Gate. I checked, you know, on PlayStation, it'll say, obviously, how many hours you put in. 25 hours, which is a, a lot more than I thought. Uh, and it says I'm 50% through the game. I have uh, not been really, like, following any of this, so I was surprised to see how far in I am. I think those those metrics are, are incorrect in a lot of ways. Yeah. Because um, yeah. I know for a fact, like, everybody that I've talked to that's finished Baldur's Gate 3, it's been, like, at least 60 to 100 hours, depending on how much, like, side stuff and, and questing and stuff you do. I think I skipped a lot of side stuff. Um, there's just There's just so much. There's so much going on, and I have read that this is a bug, but everybody on my on my squad is horny as fuck for me i have heard that that is a bug too but i didn't know and i don't like it it, honestly (laughs) like i think that i'm like being friends with these people and i'm like oh yeah this guy needs my help i'm gonna help him out or like i'm gonna help her with her quest so she can fulfill her mission or whatever and then it's like can i talk to you alone or like do me right here in front of the fire i'm like what is going on and then everybody was mad at me for not Wanting to sleep with them, and I'm like, mm. I'm sorry, guys. I didn't sign up for any of this. I was just trying to be a really good friend. I'm just trying to be bros. I'm just trying to be. I don't know uh, why everyone's mad at me now. <laughs> just trying to be Boromir, the sexless, the sexless hero yeah. of this of this I'm operation. Ju- I literally <laughs> Boromir, the sexless hero. That's that is me. <laughs> that's my that's my in game avatar. Boromir, the sexless hero. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, because unfortunately, we all know that Aragorn fucks as oh, much yeah. as we don't want That's, to admit yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but Boromir is the sexless hero. <laughs> you can't tell me that Vigo doesn't fuck. I'm sorry, it's not possible. <laughs> he's been riding horses all day, man. He's coming home. He's, you know he's what I'm coming. Saying? He is coming home with a vengeance. Is what he's coming home as. <clears throat> oh. oh lord! How, how are you faring in Baldur's Gate? Uh, I played like a couple of hours this morning so for the first time um i got uh, a little bit into the character creation screen and then i was on the uh cuz that thing gets detailed and i like a good character sure creator um and i was on the genitals section when autumn yeah. walked in and was like what are you doing and i was like nothing what's <laughs> <laughs> with all these cocks Jeremy? <laughs> nothing, nothing just seeing which which cock or which 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 vulva that i would like the to be on this character creator and i'm hoping... sitting there from across the room and i'm like i can't tell a difference I can't, like, yeah, I, not... you know, like my screen's not that big so you know i'm always complaining about my shitty tv so it's i literally not... am standing up to get a better look at the cocks I'm like what's the difference what's the difference in the cock <laughs> just desperately hoping that it's not going to matter to gameplay right like hoping that this <laughs> decision I have, will I have not, not seen my own in-game <laughs> cock yet 25 hours in um, has not affected gameplay <laughs> so she wanted to play Dablo 3 um or excuse me Dablo 4 and so I, like i canceled out of the character creator so i, I created two characters this morning but i only started mm-hmm. one um i don't know anything about really anything with dungeons and dragons i don't know anything about like other than like cultural osmosis stuff right so i don't right, know right. I don't know, like, if it's significantly important what class or origin you start as. Um, but I will say, I got to the very first tutorial combat, um, and I didn't really understand what was happening. So I accidentally moved my character to right, right next to somebody. Yeah. And then realized that my character only has a ranged attack, uh, and that I was at disadvantage for um because i was so close to them i couldn't mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't i wouldn't mm-hmm. i wouldn't wouldn't kill them very quickly and we're talking about like one of the weakest enemies in the game like 4 hp right like i'm but i yeah. fucked up I, f- I fucked up immediately and i was like oh you know what i'm just going to i'm just going to reload this um and my save was an auto save that happened at like the very beginning like as soon as you get out of the original cutscenes and as soon as i loaded back up like i turned the camera and i was like oh there's a chest over there 
oh, there's something I didn't interact with over here. Yeah. <laughs> like I found, immediately found new stuff. Um, and that save game stuff, as I've gotten deeper into the game, which is not to say very deep, like I just got to the first like encampment, um, it's already uh, lost a combat session on, on easy mode and mm-hmm. was like, oh, I just mm-hmm. need to reload. And it was, I mean... It, it it turned out to only be like five minutes away, but it felt like thirty because the, the the it took me thirty the first time because I was like yeah. combing around and looking at stuff. So it was only like five or ten minutes that I just, but it just felt bad having to re like go pick up I, the shanty again or whatever. Yeah, so. I was in this this tower somewhere and I spent about two hours trying to avoid environmental hazards. I complained about this in the Discord a while ago. Uh, I was stuck in turn based mode, which you can toggle yeah. on and off. Mm-hmm. Like it, it essentially treats you like you're in combat. Um, so two hours I tried to navigate this these hurdles in combat mode, in turn-based mode, and uh, eventually just uh, failed whatever I was doing. Then I reloaded it. Turns out, oh, that was a fucking glitch. And I was able to turn off turn-based mode the second time around. And that two-hour session became a five-minute yeah. five session. Which was, I almost like wanted to quit the game, but I'm like, that's, on, that's either a glitch or that was on me for not turning it off correctly or something. But now I just learned to save a lot in a lot of different save slots, and it's been okay. I'm also still pl- I'm playing on easy because I stink at this. I stink at D&D. I always have. I sucked at it in high school. I've sucked at it as an adult. I just I don't jive with the rules that well, I guess. Yeah. I just don't fundamentally understand what they want from me, um, which is always a problem. And uh, I am now 25 hours into this game. I'm picking up a lot more of what is needed from me, and... Um, but I just, yeah, it, those first few encounters, I just did not know what I was supposed to do. I play a lot of turn-based RPGs, but not with this rule set. So yeah, it was it yeah. was challenging. Uh, and I still struggle a lot. Like, when I'm leveling up and stuff, like, I don't know what I'm supposed to pick, what's effective. I just wanted my guy to be cool, you know? Yeah, but- <laughs> yeah. I got, I got, so I started as a, um, I've already forgotten. Maybe a drow? I don't know. I don't remember. I don't remember. That's what I'm playing. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a pretty blue lady with a scar across her eye because mm-hmm. of course I am because I'm I am I am that dude when it comes to a character yeah. creator. Um, but I started as the class bard uh, because I had heard that like the bard gets a bunch of advantages. Um, and I was like, I want to go into this game with a lot of advantages. And also just like the idea of like persuading people or intimidating people or playing music. Like I just thought it was cool. So I was like, yeah, let's do this. Um, but then like I leveled up for the first time and it was like, oh, you have to, you can only hold so many spells in your mind. So you have to like get rid of a spell to get this new spell that you just chose to, to, to learn. And I was like, well, that fucking, okay. I got that. That doesn't make any sense. (laughs) And then it was like, they had this interface and one said out, and one said in, and I presume that to mean like, oh, you have to, one of these is going out of your mind and one of these is going into your mind, right? Mm-hmm, um, so mm-hmm. I just chose the to the in. I was like, oh, well, let me just choose my new spell for the in. And it just let me. I didn't have to go, I didn't have to push anything out. So I was like, well, I don't know what this is telling me at this point. Like, I am so confused. <laughs> yeah. This is why I never play these games, because I, I, I can't understand. I will say that the uh, uh, interface and stuff, though, are is pretty, like intuitive like the radio stuff i thought yeah. i was going to be really yeah. intimidated with like it, it's really nice that like hey you don't have any action points so you can't do any of this stuff or you have a bonus action point which means you can do this stuff like it mm-hmm. i don't think i have a grasp of it to like master it and be like play on hard difficulty or anything but like i'm getting it a lot quicker than i expected to and so. that's what's been great about it is like i'm a total idiot with this but this is still such an approachable game that it kind of doesn't matter and it's especially on easy you can kind of just get away with not being great at it it's fine like mm-hmm. i um 
you know, I have I have strong party members. It doesn't matter if I'm weak. <laughs> I just yeah. have them do uh, all the big stuff. Um, but yeah, so it's fun. It is. It's a good game. I finished Inscription, which we talked about oh, a yeah. lot. On the, the whole game? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How'd that go? Um, so where did you, I, I don't really care about spoilers for I this got, game. Okay, like it's, so it's old as shit at this, point. For this Yeah, but if you, if you were you, hanging on. There's the first person section. Okay. And then there's the YouTube section. The YouTube section. <laughs> and then there's more first, first person section. Uh-huh, and then uh-huh. you do a, like a 16 bit section or whatever it's called. Um, or whatever you would want to describe that as. That's the part I got to where they started introducing like bone points and metal scrap points and energy points. Well, okay. you're walking around this, this like snes game and i didn't really have fun with it anymore okay, at that point. so there's so there's three acts and the first act is all like you fighting the the leshy guy um to and then like you 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 like finally win the game and you mm-hmm. and you're and then all of a sudden you're transported to act two which i think is what you're talking about which is the 16-bit game like the top-down perspective um and then you have to fight the four guardians or whatever is that the was that the vibe? So, something like that, yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay. Um, and then, so after that, after you finish the four guardians, you get transported back into uh, an air into Act Three, which is Bot Bottopia. Did you do any of that? Like the blue, like I didn't computer do hologram stuff. Okay. No, I didn't do that. So it's it's very similar to Act One, uh, and I think it's a lot better than Act Two. But I feel like Act Two and Act Three were both about forty percent too long for me because um, you had to you have to do a lot like in act two you have to fit you have to fight the four bosses uh to, to be able to move on and it took a while for me to clear every single boss there was never a boss that i just like rolled up on and like beat the oh. first time i, I had to yeah. do some of them i had to do like 10 15 plus times some of them I, I came back and was like oh i need to um you have to redo my entire deck or something like i have no idea what i'm doing with with this deck situation uh and then act three was a lot more fun like the 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 actual card game was a lot more fun and it does this weird thing where it introduces like a open world kind of thing that you're exploring interesting and then it also has like dark souls mechanics where you earn money but you lose money if you die and then like you have to like let's say you fought two fights and you die on the third one uh, you have to fight those two fights again, and then you can pick up your money before the third one, and then I see. and then you hit a waypoint, and all those fights are cleared out forever, so you can explore freely now. Um, and all that stuff was okay, but again, so fucking long. <laughs> I could yeah. have done about yeah. half of it. Um, and then there was the ending, which at the, by this point, like the game has done all of this like meta stuff and like self referential kind of weird things are happening, and you get videos of this dude who was actually playing the game as you and all this other stuff. And the ending is like it just seems like it drags on. It kind of forces you into this like into these other combat encounters. And at, at first, I was like, "Oh God, this is going to take forever." But like the very first combat encounter uh, was against a character in the game that you get to know pretty well, and I won on the first turn, <laughs> like okay. just just one. And then he was like, "You know what? Score doesn't matter. Let's just keep playing." And it's like thematically it fits, but it just meant that I was literally doing nothing with my time at that point. Like I was oh. just like playing the same cards, winning. Like I would have won fifteen thousand times over, um, but I got you know extra little pieces of dialogue, and then. 
that kept happening. Like that happened like three or four times. Um, and it kind of went backwards through those different game modes that you saw the first, for the first time. And at, at the end of it, I was like, I should probably like this a lot more than I do, but I'm just <laughs> fucking bored with it. Like I, I, just I think it's just because it takes so long. Like even that first section took me like seven hours to figure out what the hell to do. That's a lot of time. That's a lot and of time. I ended yeah. up really enjoying that format of the card game that it, the, the last couple hours felt really fun. But, I mean, I when I originally talked about it, I told you I uninstalled it. <laughs> Everything yeah. just goes on a little bit too long with that. But it does seem like, I mean, it's, it certainly seems interesting. It's, I mean, it's moments. It was good. Um, I, I don't know. Again, it just, like, I talked to some other, like, roguelike people um, that I, you know, some card game deck builder people that I know. And they were like, oh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. And then I talked to some people that were like, yeah, I wanted it to be the card game. Um, which is kind of how yeah. I, I came at it. Like after, yeah. after I got into act one, I was like, oh yeah, let me just, just give me a cool deck. Let me build a deck and like win these runs over and over again. Like I don't need the meta stuff at all. Mm-hmm. And then it completely changed. And I was like, where's my old deck? <laughs> like I yeah. want, I want to go back to it's my funny old cause stuff. The meta stuff is what helped pull me through at mm-hmm. first when I, you know, hit that, hit that wall at first. But then afterwards I'm like, no, I don't want the meta stuff anymore. Yeah, I, just want yeah. this car- I want this good card game. And it's a good, like, I think it's, it's a, I think it's a very interesting game. Like, and it's very, like, obviously, like, it wants to do, like, the spooky vibes and the horror stuff. And it, like, really nails vibes on a, across the board. Uh, it just hangs on a little bit too long for me. So, I don't yeah, know. Hangs on tight. I mean, um, be interested in seeing, um, oh, I wanted to tell you, because uh, you have friends, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah, sometimes. Me and Pat, Pat our friend Patty Stardust, uh, play those We Were Here games together. Uh-huh. There's a free one out right now called We Were Here Friendship, and it's like a little like five hour experience that you can play with a buddy on PlayStation. Like it's remote play, so you like you were on two different Playstations. Oh, okay. Um, and it's like I said, free, uh, and it's a really good introduction to those games, uh, and it gives you a discount on the most recent game if you like are like, oh, I want to go through all of these. Interesting. Um, so if you have a buddy that you haven't like caught up with in a while, or that you just want to play video games online with, like I cannot recommend these enough they're so much fun and they're so i found out i have to resub to to playstation plus remember i was complaining about how armor yeah. core kept saying i wasn't subscribed it's because you weren't subscribed. <laughs> it's no longer recognizing my card on there oh, for some reason good um because i tried to buy baldur's gate and it was like bro i don't know can't connect sorry come back later and then i just went through like a second layer Use that same card and it worked, and I'm like, oh, okay, something's just fishy here. So they canceled my subscription, which is fine. Because, but if I want to play this, I'm gonna to need to get that back. Yeah, I think you can download it for free, but you would have to. Yeah, you'd probably have to have PSN to to be able to play it online. Yeah, or um, I'd just be playing alone. It's also crossplay, so like I think you can get it on PC and, and oh, cool, and PlayStation. I don't know if the free one is just on PlayStation or whatever. But again, just like shouting out to the masses, like if you've got, if you're like just wanting to get on a microphone and catch up with somebody, and also like shout at them weird symbols like invariably like there's a there's a puzzle where like there's a bunch of symbols and i have to transcribe the symbols to pad and i'm like this one looks like you know a house with a dick on it and he's like okay dick house got it (laughs) this one looks like a goat sideways it's like oh yeah now you're speaking my language (laughs) oh yeah yeah absolutely like you 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 come up with your own little vernacular i will say on the free one the there's three big puzzles in it the second puzzle I feel like would be extremely hard if you didn't like me and him had four games of experience. So we just knew to oh, like, shit. just trust with each other at that point. Right. Like, Oh, can mm. you do a thing here? And he's like, Oh, absolutely. I can do a thing here. Like, but we didn't have to, we didn't even bother explaining what was happening on each side of the puzzle yeah. at that point. So anyway, I've just been rambling. At the, I'm sorry. 
Um, no, it's cool. Sunday rambles. You know what I mean? Should we talk about the files? We should talk about some files, my man. Dude, I got so I got tagged in Discord, and I was trying to read it right when we first popped on here. And then, like, the comment right underneath it was about X-Files. I know, I know. So I was like, oh, wait, Jeremy, did you announce no, the X-Files? No, did you announce no, it? Nope, 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 nope. Somebody said, because uh, th- someone started watching the X-Files, and I was like, oh, one day I'll do a rewatch. Because, to, to, you know, we had just we had already recorded the first episode of this, and they were like, maybe you can podcast about it. And I was like, let's not get ahead of ourselves, people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I always have fun seeing people's guessing, because we always do this. We always create a channel. And we get mm-hmm. people guessing on what it, what the podcast could be, and then they come up with so many better ideas than possibly. But I like I'm I'm happy doing this. Like I'm excited yeah. to do what we're doing right now. But like it's also like I look at it. I'm like, oh, those are better names and better podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Like I think for the most part we we get off easy because a lot of people still guess the thing that we're doing, or at least some people still guess the thing that we're doing. But it's not just like 99 people saying like, oh, you X, should it's X, it's do this, it's this. Yeah. whatever other show. Uh, and everyone gets themselves all excited about that. We just sit here and sweat. Like, no, it's usually it's a pretty widespread. So it's yeah. fine. One person has guessed X-Files so far. Uh, well, that one person is right. Congratulations. Yes. <laughs> I don't even remember who it was now. So <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I should probably look that up. Um, oh, it was Tessa's Tessius Test, who is actually named um, Agnes. So, shout out. Didn't get the name Nailed right it. though. Nerdy Hunk Believers, uh, which is mm. a pretty good name. <laughs> Non-human biologics. <laughs> Not gonna. Have you seen, dude? Have you seen the Mexico Alien? No. Can you just Google Mexico Alien right now? Okay. It's it's super fake and proven to be fake. It was like a, a, like a confirmed hoax. Oh, I love this Not guy. Even, I abs- absolutely love this guy. Yeah, this is it's so, so good. Funny. Oh my God. Look at this little <laughs> E.T. fucking Dracula that we've got going on. It's just fantastic. Don't you just want to like touch his, touch his body and watch it crumble into nothing? Yeah, oh my absolutely. God. Absolutely. So I want to throw him against some rocks. Oh, I love this just guy. Just watch him snap. <laughs>
zero, four, three, one, nine, six, comma, dash, seven, one, decimal, six, eight, seven, one, zero, six,